Amber, thank you. That was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming out for our celebration this morning. I know there's a lot of other stuff you could be doing right now, but the fact that you're here tells me that you know what Christmas is all about. So I'm just going to give you a little refresher course, that's all. <laughs> oh, following the star, the quote from Ernest Holmes, as we discover the divinity, something within us sings to us of the glory of God and peace and goodwill to men. This is where the story begins, that the Christ is born within us. Now, this time of year, many faith traditions have their celebration of light. And while we don't want to overlook them, let's face it, Christmas is a Christian tradition. It comes from Christian roots and um, I wanted to do a traditional carol this morning because when I get finished with this talk, it would be interesting, I think, for each of us to go back and, and maybe rethink that song in light of the metaphysical meaning of Christmas. It's old language. It's the hymn and the sun and the, the whole thing. But don't we do a lot of translating? You can't re rewrite the old stuff. It's just fun to sing it. It means a lot to us. So I hope you enjoyed singing that. Um, this is a time of year when I think you can't help but have a little sense of anticipation. We think of other people. We do our gifts. We as we're buying things and wrapping things and making surprises, there's just a little tickle of excitement that comes up, at least for me. And sure, there's a lot of baggage some of us carry as well. But then when Christmas Eve comes and we enter into the silence and the service, this transition takes place for me. And I hope for you, when we suddenly stop and enter into the actual spiritual center of the Christmas tradition. I'm um, going to tell you a couple stories this morning, a couple versions of the same story, really. I wanted to start, though, with a little story I read in the, an article in the paper that the local Methodist minister does up in Mariposa, where I live. And she told this story. She said, many years before the anti-discrimination laws were in effect, Mrs. Rosenberg was stranded for the night at a fashionable resort on Cape Cod, one that did not admit, admit Jews. The desk clerk looked down at his book and said, sorry, no room, the hotel is full. And the lady said, but your sign says you have vacancies. The desk clerk stammered and hummed and hawed, and then he said, you know we don't admit Jews, please go to the other side of town. Well, Mrs. Rosenberg drew herself up and said, I'll have you know, I have converted to your religion. And the desk clerk says, oh yeah, let me give you a little test. How was Jesus born? He was born to a virgin named Mary in a little town called Bethlehem, she said. Very good, tell me more. He was born in a manger. 
That's right, said the hotel clerk, and why was he born in a manger? Mrs. Rosenberg said loudly, because some idiot behind a hotel desk wouldn't give a Jewish lady a room for the night. Any more questions? <laughs> We've all grown up with the Christmas story, the story of the historical baby Jesus. Even those of us who were brought up in another faith or no faith at all have heard the story. That's what makes that story funny. Uh, we know about how Mary, a young devout Jewish girl, was visited by an angel who told her she would bear the Son of God, even though she had not been with a man. And we know how Joseph, her betrothed, was a devout man, and when he learned she was pregnant, he thought he would just quietly divorce her. But he received a heavenly visitor also that told him not to fear to take Mary as his wife because the child she carried was the Son of God. We're told there was a proclamation that a census would be taken and that each and every man had to be counted in the country of his origin. So Joseph took Mary, traveled to Bethlehem in Judah, where there was no room for them except a lowly stable, where Mary gave birth to the baby Jesus, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. They were visited by shepherds who'd been told of his birth by choirs of angels announcing it and announcing goodwill toward men. Three wise men from the east came bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They passed by Herod's castle on the way, and because they feared Herod's intentions toward the child, the wise men went home by a different way. So these are the elements of the outer story, the 2020 or 60 minutes version. But why is this, t this story that reads like a fairy tale so taken root in human consciousness that it still speaks to us 2,000 years later. Jesus was not the first or only prophet to come into the world. All great faith traditions have their own. <clears throat> He's not the only great teacher of spiritual truth. So, <coughs> pardon me, why do we still celebrate the birth of Jesus around the world? To understand the power of the Jesus story, it would be helpful to remember that mankind has a habit of inventing God in our own image. Up to Jesus' appearance on the scene in the Middle East, in the Roman Empire, gods, and even the Jewish God, were seen to behave very much like humans, vindictive, warmongering, demanding of great sacrifice. <clears throat> they often behaved like warlords. So as Jesus grew to his spiritual maturity, he introduced the world to an image of God that was kinder, gentler, more loving, the image of God as Abba, or Daddy, or Papa, whatever. Your favorite little word is for your daddy. Thank you, I'm so sorry. So, the appearance of Jesus on the scene had the effect of changing the entire spiritual and political paradigm 
of the time by challenging the idea that God favored one state or one group of people over another in favor of a personal God who loved all alike and who offered people the powers of God if we just accepted and believed in our oneness with God. He taught loving kindness, forgiveness, non-judgment, and compassion. He became the embodiment of selfless love, the Christ consciousness, the perfect example of what is possible for us all. In the Science of Mind magazine in 1961, Dr. Holmes wrote an article called The Rediscovery of Christmas. These are some of his words. Jesus was the embodiment of the divine love, that Christ consciousness, and he showed the way and the truth and the life and revealed that the heart of the eternal is most beautifully kind. So this time of year, we think of the birth of this most divine person and rededicate our hearts to the service of humanity, just as he did, just as he is the great example. The story of his birth contains many meanings and symbols to all of us. So I want to share with you uh, a little different version of our story. It's a metaphysical collaboration. It was put together by a number of Science of Mind ministers over the years, and so it's not able for me to attribute it to anyone. I will just say that it was posted as a resource by Reverend David Alexander. So this is your story. And it came to pass, as it must at some time for all people, that there is sent out a decree from the heart that all the world of effects be examined. All must go, each into his or her own city, where none other may enter, the realm of the human mind, which is Bethlehem, place of birth, the beginning. Crowded with random thoughts, confusion, and questions, where there has been no peace and no room to give birth to the Christ consciousness. And so with Joseph, your inner strength, and Mary, your soul of love, carrying the infant knowing of your Christ potential, you enter the din of Bethlehem and seek shelter in the stable, your center of light. In this holy, complete light, you bring forth the firstborn knowing of your Christ potential, and your heart becomes a manger to nurture the truth born for you this night. And there in the same country of your mind are shepherds, your intuitions and feelings, which keep watch over your thoughts in the darkness of unknowing. And lo, the angel of the Lord, your inner guidance, speaks to you, and the glory and the truth of your being shines as a great light all around. And your guidance speaks to your intuition, saying, be not afraid, be not afraid of your intuition, for it speaks of great joy that shall be to all people, for into your conscious awareness this day is born a Savior, your Christ consciousness, the awakened awareness of God within you. And it is to be a sign unto you that forever you shall find this consciousness cradled within the manger of your heart. Your intuition and your whole being 
shall sing glory to the power of truth in your highest knowing and in the earth of your daily affairs. You shall know peace, compassion, and goodwill toward all. And when this inner guidance seems to leave you and you enter again into the business of Bethlehem, make haste to seek the soul of love and the inner strength and ask them to again guide you to the infant knowing of your Christ consciousness. And when Herod, that part of your ego which is opposed to the new and still clings to the old beliefs, hears these things, it will become troubled and seek to gather evidence that this Christ light in you does not exist. But follow the star, the light of truth within you, and come again to the stable, the center of light, and present those gifts which are of spirit, gold, the richness of life, frankincense, the beauty of life, myrrh, the eternity of life, and be reminded by your conviction that when you leave the center of light, even for a moment, you depart into the world of effects by a different door of awareness. For when you have experienced the birth of Christ within, there is no returning to your previous levels of consciousness. For the real you has been birthed. You have taken your first breath. The true meaning of Christmas isn't the birth of a child long ago in a faraway place. It is the immediate and personal story of our own awakening to the power and presence of spirit in us. It doesn't have to happen on December the 25th. That's a random date. It can happen at any moment and does. Ernest Holmes, we are celebrating this month not just the birth of the greatest man who ever graced this world with his presence, but also the birth into the human consciousness in each one of us of something transcendent and immediate and effective and available, the divine presence revealing itself to us directly, personally, and intimately. We should think of this birth as a realization of love, of truth, of beauty, and of peace. And we should be filled with the consciousness of the divine presence in everything and in everyone. For surely this is the meaning of Christmas. So how are you doing this Christmas? Are you filled with a consciousness of the divine presence in everything and everyone? I was thinking about the statement of being and how perfectly that statement encapsulates the essence of what we are talking about here. It's a beautiful thing that you've put together out of your hearts. In all the hustle and the bustle and the busyness of this season, have you given yourself the gift of time and silence to contemplate the divine presence? in yourself, it starts there. There's a reason the birth and discovery of the Christ child is said to take place in the dark, silent night. It is in this holy space that we can hear our inner presence and hear divinity speaking to us and through us. Of course, we can access that presence anytime. We choose day and night. 
But it takes devotion and discipline to become still and to hear that still small voice and willingness to act upon its direction. I know for myself sometimes I know, I just know that I should do a particular thing or speak a particular word. And I'm trying to learn more and more each day to trust that, to lean into that, to go with it and see where it leads me. Because most of the time, how wrong can you be? You know, it's going to be good if you make it good, right? And sometimes I think God has a lot of really wonderful surprises for us that we never get because he keeps telling us, whispering to us. The spirit inside us keeps telling us what to do, where to go. And we just go, oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to go here. Learning to listen to that divine presence in us, it's a practice, a lifelong practice. And the more we practice, the more we can't go back to the way we were. And you know what? We don't want to. It's a wonderful new way of being. Again from Ernest, as we discover the divinity, something within us sings to, of us, to us of the glory of God and of peace and goodwill to men. We have to discover what Jesus found to be hidden within every person. Back of the false front of all of us is the little child, a child born of the kingdom of God. The discovery of this child with us is the greatest discovery of our lives. This is where the story begins, that the Christ is born within us. Jesus was said to come to be the way shower. He showed us that each of us has a divine being within that holds all the power and that what we need to do to access our divinity and become that. And he taught two great universal truths. First, we're surrounded and indwelled by a divine presence. And second, that there is a law of good that responds to our faith in it. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Those are our powerful tools. Those are the tools that we use to create a wonderful, light-filled, abundant, compassionate, living, not only for us, but for each and every person in our sphere of influence, our families, our friends. Even if we are really, really working hard at it, those that we consider maybe not our friends, maybe our enemies, we're taught to pray for those that despitefully use us, and there's a reason for that, isn't there? Seems to me if somebody doesn't like you and you want to change their mind, you would pray for them. <laughs> so it, it's just, it's good sense, but it wasn't common sense before the coming of Jesus. He was so in tune with this indwelling presence and power that he fed multitudes, healed the sick, and raised the dead by the power of his word. Yet we betray ourselves and deny his message if we look at him as the great exception. These things that I do, you can do also. Another wonderful one of his axioms. Just as the child Jesus had to learn and grow <clears throat> to move into the full power of his divine incarnation, so we too must devote ourselves to learning the power of our word and growing in faith into our own divine incarnation. So what will you do with your divine incarnation? 
Are we devoted to following our star all year through? I know you guys are, because you're here. You're here. Excuse me. Okay. I want to read you a poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Some of you may have heard of her. She was an early New Thought poet. And I know <laughs> some of us think that if poetry rhymes, it ain't good poetry anymore, but not so. Her poem is titled Christmas Thoughts. Whenever the Christmas season lends luster and peace to the year, and the ling-long-ling of the bells that ring tell only of joy and cheer, I hear in the sweet, wild music these words, and I hold them true. The Christ who was born on Christmas morn did only what you can do. Each soul that has breath and being is touched with heaven's own fire. Each living man is part of the plan to lift the world up higher. No matter how narrow your limits, go forth and make them broad. You are every one the daughter or son, crown prince or princess of God. Have you sinned? It is only an error. Your spirit is pure and white. It is truth's own ray and will find its way back into the path of light. Have you failed? It is only in seeming. The triumph will come at length. You are born to succeed. You have what you need, if you will but believe in your strength. No matter how poor your record, Christ lives in the heart of you. And the shadow will roll up and off from your soul if you will but own this true. For Christ means the spirit of goodness, and all men are good at the core. Look searchingly in through the coating of sin, and lo, there is truth to adore. Believe in yourself and your motives. Believe in your strength and your worth. Believe you were sent from God's fair firmament to aid and ennoble the earth. Believe in the savor within you. Know that Christ and your spirit are one. Stand forth deified by your own noble pride and whatever you ask shall be done. And so it is. Okay. Thank you. We are going to have our candle lighting in just a few minutes, as I said. And I will have some more instructions for you then. In the meantime, we are being blessed many times over by our beautiful Amber. <laughs>